welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Don't get peanut butter everywhere. <laughs> You're making a mess. I am. Should have had one of these instead. No, yeah. Delicious uh, sludge juice smoothie that I drink for my health. Uh, I'm going to wait to drink that because I first want to just say, if you've not been here before, hi, my name is CJ Reynolds and I run this channel called Real Rap with Reynolds, which is really real talk around this idea of teaching. I just realized I wasn't going to wear this shirt today. It was like this was a placeholder and whatever. Mm-mm. It's too late now. I'm not going to change mid-show. Wardrobe change. Yeah, wardrobe change. <laughs> I don't want to malfunction. Um, so the idea of what we're doing here is that we are trying to create a space for teachers to be the teachers that they are called to be. And, you know, in thinking about this quite a bit this week, I've been thinking a lot about um, this idea of, like, who do I need to become to be the person that I want to be or to do the things I want to do? So, like, when I have these ideas, these New Year's resolutions, these uh, – because I love New Year's resolutions. It's like I love goals. I love goal setting. I love uh, reverse engineering goals into tiny actionable steps so that I can carry them out. All that stuff is really exciting to me. So, are you making faces over there? Because they are not exciting to you. <laughs> they are not. We're such opposites. Yeah, we are. You know what Paul Abdul said? I know. I'm one step stressed. forward. Wait, she said one step forward, two steps back. We come together because opposites attract. <laughs> Who knew Paul Abdul? Four people so on here know what that one's talking about right now. So, this idea of of sort of reverse engineering that I like that because what it does is it, it breaks down these big audacious goals into like bite-sized chunks that I can then achieve and how do I get those goals why do I think of the things that I do it's not just what I want although I do think that for me right like if we get a little bit woo I think that uh your wants are my wants are given to me right I don't think I just imagine them all the time sometimes like when I want cheese curls at 10 o'clock at night but The idea is, how am I becoming the person that I need to be to do those things, right? To live the life that I want, right? Whether that's be the parent that you want to be, be the teacher that you want to be, write the book that you want to write, um, finish triathlon, learn piano, like whatever it is that you want to do, who do you need to become to be that person? And I think that's very interesting it's like trying to think of different versions of yourself and then what does that version look like that is like getting after it like what is what how do they wake up feeling what do they wake up and do right away how do they handle adversity or things that are 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 getting in their way or or you know because that stuff's always going to come up so it's like thinking about like what is that that best version or the version of yourself that's going to get you to the next level look like and so I've been doing a lot of thinking around that um, and praying around that this week. So, that, But that's what we're here to do. We're here to do something that is going to help us um, figure out what's next. It's hard to see. Uh, sometimes we're too close to the problem. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, because I think talk about this in my book, Teach Your Class Off, uh, they, this idea of like stepping away from your problems every now and again and to get because when you step away, things don't look so complicated. They don't look so difficult. When we're in the midst of it, it's like you're in the arena right now. And so stepping away from the arena and getting a bird's eye view, <laughs> things look a lot more manageable, which is why I can yell at the Eagles safely from my couch on a Saturday night and ask them, why are you doing so poorly? 
because I'm not in the middle of the arena. Um, so, yeah. Some deep thoughts. Deep time. thoughts. Right away. With Jack Handy. All right, are you ready? To I'm start? ready, girl. All Let's right. do it. John Lopez, he is asking, in your opinion, who or what is an educational Judas? Mm. <laughs> wow. That's a heavy question. Uh, right. Gosh. You know, when I think... Of, <laughs> trying to go too biblical here, John, but when I think of who Judas was, it was... Judas was Jesus's homie. He was like his ride-or-die guy. Like, Jesus only picked 12 dudes to really share life with. Uh, and, and, I mean, that's... And Mary Magdalene. But anyway, not getting too bible Um 12 people that were real homies. I So I would say whenever somebody moves up in position, whenever they move into a place of that they can actually be a change maker, whether that's the dean, the vice principal, the principal, the superintendent, whatever it is, and you forget where you came from, I think there's some of that in there, right? So uh, I wouldn't just flat out call anyone a Judas, but like, it, I, I think that it's so important. I think, and look, as teachers, I think it's important to remember, like, what was it like to be a kid? What was it like to be a teenager? What was it like to be in fourth grade? Um, what kind of stuff were you going through? And I, likely, I think it's when you become the principal, the vice principal, when you have some, st- even grade level chair, department level chair, and you forget where you came from, um, and you just become part of the system. It's like, oh, I thought you were, I thought we were tight. I thought you had me, and now, like, I'm getting sold out so you can get a bump or a bonus or a raise or it looks good on your review. I think uh, I was just re-listening to a really good podcast. I would recommend for everyone called uh, Design Matters with Debbie Millman, and she did an episode with Simon Sinek in I think 2015. And uh, it's a really good episode. It's based on his book, Leaders Eat Last. And it is, I think all teachers are leaders. And I think that that's something that should definitely be. Listen, I'm actually, I'll, I will um, put that in the comment section below when we're done. I'll write it down. You go ahead to the next question. All right. Jacob Ingram has a great comment for you. He is saying, bought a high five confetti cannon. If you haven't gotten one yet, Reynolds, highly suggest you do. So much fun for a kid's B-Day in class. It, you know what that is, right? It's the thing that's, you strapped to your hand, right? You've seen it. I have it. Yeah. Oh, um, you do? Yeah. Witter oh, bought right. it for me. <clears throat> I just bought it. I'll, I'll, uh, bust it let's out. go quid pro quo here, Jacob Ingram. I just purchased... Um, a button, a big red button that looks like the Staples button that says whatever the Staples button says. I forget. Um, I found it. Oh, oh, this is another thing I just bought. <laughs> but it just goes, wah, 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 and it's really loud. It was $20 on Amazon. I just purchased it. I'll actually, I'm going to put that in the, sh- in the link for that below too. Um, I'm going to forget. Sometimes I write notes and I'm like, button link, what the hell did that mean? I also purchased, I was at... Hobby Lobby, which I have a, a moral issue with Hobby Lobby a lot of times, but um, I still want to pack it. take this out. This is a stretchy banana. They used to sell them at five below. They don't sell them anymore. This was only three ninety nine for all this stretchy goodness. Don't stretch. And no, I'm trying to leave it full capacity. <laughs> this is re- I don't. There's a million things to do with this in class. It's so dumb. Yeah, 
I wonder what, like, our, we had so much random crap on the table, or, like, when we went to at Hobby Lobby, like, the things that we oh, bought last night were so wildly random. random. I was like, what do people think when you do this? All right, our next question is also from Jacob. Well, his actual question. He is asking, what are some creative ways to handle tardiness in class? I have students who are often a few minutes late for no reason. My school's policy is after every three tardies, student has in-school suspension. Oh, my gosh. That is... Aggressive. That's aggressive. Um, I think... I'm sorry. I have a hair <laughs> on my tongue. Oh, my goodness. This is Real Rap with Reynolds. Um, so... Gosh, what would we do with that? When students are late to my class, it depends on the class, right? So some things that you're going to do with some classes, you're not going to do with other classes. I, I'm, I'm very rarely an across-the-board kind of a dude for a lot of things because how I teach certain classes, how I manage certain classes, how I handle things like tardiness in certain classes, it's always slightly different. So I used to have a kid named... Oh, no. Oh, it was McCants. McCants, I still, he's still a, a student at my school. Um, he was in a video recently. McCants was always late. So we got to a point where we started, like, the kids would show up, and part of your do now was, hey, do the journal entry and let me know what time you think McCants is going to show up to class. And then we would put them on the board, and it was, like, over-under. Like, we'd figure out, like, you know, someone could win a prize at the end of the week if you got the most times right that McCants was going to be late to class um other times you know other classes i have a thing where no matter who walks in the door after the bell is rung we we applaud them so it is like i used to do this to my friend cho all the time and she it drove her crazy because she would get so mad uh which made it even funnier so it was like when kids came in or if a student comes in late we all just applaud for them right so you're not silently sneaking into the room and becoming just a part of what we're doing uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna note this we're gonna note what time you came in um i think sometimes i've locked my door so that kids can't come in so it's like no i'm gonna note this like we need to have a conversation every day so if you're late and um if you've seen my classroom i have paper uh, which i need to make a wood version paper over my door over my window so no one can see into my room because sometimes when we're doing loud stuff or I have a guest or something like that, it's really aggravating when people try and look through the window. So there's a little eye hole. So it's like, no, you're late. The door is locked. I'm going to come out and have a conversation with you real quick and talk to you about the importance of being on time. Um, so, I, and I think sometimes it's the conversation too. It's like, this is why it's important to be on time, right? And so kids will go, what, I had to get a drink or I was talking to this person or I wanted to go to the bathroom. No problem. Just come to class real quick. Reynolds, you mind if I run to the bathroom? Yeah, of course, bro. Like, but I know that's nine times out of 10, not what you were doing. So um, the other thing I do, uh, last thing I'll, I'll say, because I could go on about this for a long time is, um, Jacob, I time my activities that we're doing in class. And if you, if we have a do now in the beginning of class, so this has happened this week while we were on virtual, I have all these dudes that keep showing up super late. And sometimes it's because they're sleeping. Sometimes they're playing a video game. Sometimes they were whatever. If your excuse isn't like, valid and look you're at home so like if your dog had to go out like i've been late to class because i had to take my dog outside and so they um i don't let you make up the thing that you missed the do now was now it wasn't a do later or do when you show up or do first thing when you come to class it was a do now and so i will make i don't accept those things so you show up and then you can do the work from here on um or you can hand it in and it's late. You get late credit on it now. And I think the importance of that 
is that I think in schools largely, I know my school has certainly done this, we have gotten away from the idea that due dates are actually important. That it's it's mastery of content is what we want to grade kids on, but things like soft skills like showing up on time, doing what you say you're going to do, agreeing to something, and then like actually following through on it is really, really important in life. And I think sometimes when we have like no real dates on things we make like showing up to class not important anymore it's just like did you do the work did you do it well and you forget that like the class is an experience you miss the whole experience you can't just do the work hand it in you're done i'm trying to make this something more than that and what we i think we've gotten away from that in large part all right our next question comes from miss gonzalez um there's a two-parter first part Question, when you eat lunch with your kids, do you all sit in one group or are the are all the kids or are the kids kind of scattered and do you sort of talk to them individually? I started groups groups once a week and we were all sitting together, but a lot of kids are showing up in sea lunch and it's not really working. Also, do you require your kids to speak English in the groups? Uh, that's a great question. Ooh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so I got to meet Miss Gonzalez the other night in real, in real virtual life. <laughs> real virtual life. Hmm. Um, so I think, hmm. There, so I, I am of the opinion that less things need to be structured. I think that when we overmanage things, no one wants to be a part of it, right? So if you think about your job, if someone tries to overmanage you, if Trump, someone tries to like, like every little thing, every little part of your day. Like I, I had a comment recently. I, I put a video out on, on YouTube and someone commented and said uh, something that, because I, I mentioned how I run out and get coffee every day. And somebody was like, "What? you know, sometimes I find it hard to follow you because I feel like you are like kind of living in a different dimension than I am. Like it's not realistic. Like who has time to leave school to get coffee every day? And I thought, Everybody or, does. Or they have bus duty or yeah. like these other... Yeah, yeah. and I have, I have things I'm required to do. Mm -hmm. I just go out during my lunch. It's a seven-minute round trip, and I do it because I love myself. I do it so I can check in with my kids and my wife, and it helps me just... It's a little tiny reset, a little tiny tap back in to this other world that is just pure love, and then I go back to school with that. And, you know, sometimes when I get asked things like, what do I... Like, and I'm going to get back to your question. I realize I'm off topic here, but I think this is an important point. Is that, you know, sometimes I, I, it's like, I think it's a good reminder to remember that school can't tell us what to do all the time. Like, like I'm not trying to make like rogue teachers out there necessarily, but like, like someone said, yeah, I'm I'm not even allowed to leave school grounds during the day, bro. I'm a grown up. I'm 45 years old. There's no way someone's going to say can't run out and get coffee we have coffee at school drink coffee why don't you drink coffee at school because i don't want to because it's actually good for me to leave for seven minutes to leave call my kids real quick call my wife real quick touch base with everybody the dog hears my voice and then i come back to school and i had a, a moment of of where someone wasn't asking me a question or asking me to do something i'm just gonna do it so i you know so that with that management piece in mind when i have students in my room during lunch there are no it, the the only rule is be cool like the fonz b 
be cool. That's it. So I don't care. And, and I, that's not that completely true. Break that down to what All right. That means, so and there's a, there's means. some other like tiny rules too, right? That's the overarching. Right. Be cool is look. This is a safe space for everyone. So if we have dudes that are in there and they are trying on wigs or they're talking about makeup or they're talking about football or they're talking about anime or some kids making puppets in the corner, this is a safe space for everybody. You're not allowed to come in and hate on anyone. And I like making fun of kids a lot. It's really fun to me and, it, and I, that's how I build relationships. But it is, that, but that making fun of is a, a playfulness. It, is, it, is, it comes from a space of love. And it is never meant to diminish or crush anyone. So you're not allowed to do that. You will be removed from the classroom and you will not be welcomed back if that is how this is going to go down. That's what I mean by be cool. Now, there are other little things like you can't, um, like if you eat the school lunch or if you eat something, if you bring something stinky to class, like can you put it in the trash can in the hallway? Don't put it in the trash can in the room. Plus, it gets filled up and Sloppy Joe's. It's like whew, sloppy nose. They smell tire- terrible when you're sitting in your trash can for six hours. So that's the only other little thing. Um, but I don't care if kids are on their phone. I don't care if they are. Uh, you're not allowed to post in my classroom. But I don't care if you're on your phone. I don't care if you are uh, playing. My guys bring their switches to class. Some guys sit all around a computer and watch anime together. It's all fine. This is a safe space, an alternative to sitting in the lunchroom. Now, I float, but I don't require anybody to hang out with me. Um, I don't require anybody to talk to me. I don't, if you just, if you're having a day and you want to put your head down and sleep for 20 minutes in the corner of the room or on the couch, go get it, bro. This is so spaces for you. They can sit wherever they, they want. They can sit whatever they want. They can do, do whatever. largely whatever they want as long as it's not harmful to anyone else. And it's not like, I don't want to be, you're not FaceTiming someone, right? Yeah. But if you're just scrolling on Instagram or whatever. So cool. uh, there's another comment. She said, I want to be able to build the relationship. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to have convos with kids during that time because I'm not teaching. You, I think you do that by, so the other part was, do I require kids to speak English? Now, I my school is largely English speaking, right? It's, it's largely um, young black men. Uh, I, there are a handful of Hispanic students. Um, but when I taught in Camden, I used to do the same thing. And I'd say maybe 50-50, I don't know, like somewhere around there was like uh, students who spoke English as a second language. I don't care. As long as like I know that you're not being like, as long as you're not being hurtful to someone else, this again is a safe space. And so I think the way we build relationships is one, by creating that space, letting kids be who they are. And it, that, that's one thing. The other thing is microdosing. I think that microdosing in relationships is like these little things. Yo, man, what's up? Yo, what are you eating over there? What's, oh, what, my mom packed you today. Um, or someone watching a video. Yo, what are you guys watching? I'm just curious. Like, you're allowed to watch it. I'm just curious what you're watching. Or, um, and then that turns into a conversation, especially if you don't know about it. Yo, what? What is this anime? You got to tell me more about this. I don't know anything about this. You start these tiny, mini conversations. Because remember, kids are showing up, some kids are showing up to your classroom because it's an alternative to the loud lunchroom, to all the madness and the chaos and the fitting in. They get to just be. So some kids don't want your attention. Some kids don't want, like, but they will appreciate that connective piece. And then here's what's going to happen. When someone has something going on, you are already set up in position for this to happen, right? So what you're, let's let's go biblical one more time. You are building the ark before the flood even happens because all kids are gonna go through something. So take the time, create the space, build those mini relationships because when someone sees, I've talked about this before, 
we all gravitate towards that which we are the most familiar with. So if a student has a problem going on, they're going to most likely come to you because that's already a quiet space that is already accepting and filled with love and kids will will gravitate towards you in those moments of need is how I think that goes down. Such a good answer. Thanks. Thanks, wife. You're welcome. Hi, Proof. Uh, Summer Hayward is next and she's asking, what's the worst mistake a teacher could make? Mm. So much pressure. Is there just one? I, I think, worst? well, all right, let's do um, top 10-ish. <laughs> From ridiculous oh, okay. to serious. I think it's one real real mistakes are not creating boundaries with students so when you blend the friend teacher mentor thing it gets a little dicey in there um i think uh when you teach like you think this is going to be fun you would have liked this in high school when you teach out of that space when you're making your students listen to band of horses every day because you really really liked them in high school um and now the kids are like, what is this garbage? I don't want to listen to this. What is it? So it's teaching with your students in mind, not with younger you in mind. Now, younger you can play a part. Uh, absolutely. But that's like the startup. And then it's like, well, how do I make this relatable for my students? I think not putting at least one ream of copy paper in the bottom of your desk drawer under a bunch of other stuff so no one is ever going to find it is a mistake because one day you're going to run out of copy paper at school and you're going to need that paper and it's going to be a lifesaver and people are going to go, where'd you get that from? And you're going to go, I was thinking ahead, bro. That's what I was doing. Um, I think not building relationships with your students and just teaching content, even if you just got into teaching because you really loved Latin, is a terrible idea. You have to love the people you're working with. You have to build relationships with them. You have to get to know them. Even if you're super insecure and you're super um, introverted, there has to be an effort that because what what you're do, really doing there, and that doesn't mean like you're like hanging out with kids and doing TikTok dances and stuff like that. It just means you're letting kids know in some way, shape, or form. That could be a written note, that could be something verbal that is said, um, that you care about them. That and then and then taking what they're interested in, turning it into lessons. Uh, I think, um, gosh, there's a million things. I think. I think that's. I think not leaving your room. Um, not be becoming friends with the people you work with is a mistake. Look, the kids come and go. Education is only ever about the students. I still stand by that 100%. But the, in four years, sometimes five, and some of you when you teach first grade, there's a good chance you're never going to see those kids again, right? There is a likelihood that you're not going to see some of those students again. You have to be connected to the people that you're you're working with. I think recreating the wheel um, is, is a mistake that teachers make where they like just come up with brand new content every year. And it's like, dude, just borrow from someone else and then redo it. Like, you know, every single band ever, whether it was Elvis or Led Zeppelin or, um, Wu-Tang Clan, they, that was, that was, uh, you saw that, that coming, right? That was, uh, three <laughs> very similar examples. Um, Everyone has influences that they bring in from somewhere else. Nobody just created something from nothing. So you're bringing in all those influences and then doing something with it. And I think not designing a life that is balanced is the other thing that stands out to me. It is you have to be balanced so that you can be the best you can be in the classroom. Showing up burnout is is no good. So you have to be first. You are over everyone else. All right. What you got? Local Pepper is next asking... 
Uh, love your stuff. I'm getting ready to sign up to be a sub. Do or don't in the unvaxxed world? Like, enter into... I'm assuming enter into the school system if you're unvaxxed. Um, is that... How would you feel about that? It's a very personal question. It is. So, I, so for your own person. I am... Do. Look, I'm, I'll put it out there. I'm vaccinated. I've also had COVID. Um, I will get a booster, but I just don't feel like being feeling shitty again so um we'll schedule them on friday with the kids when they're getting yeah i know but then that's like then that's your weekend you know yeah, what i'm yeah. saying and it's like friday's date night like oh that's well, so it's just a whole thing whatever i need to just put my man pants on and handle it but um it so i think it is to me what do you feel called to do if this is the work look and so anyway i said that thing about being vaccinated but like I, I, I think it's your choice, right? Like so, if you're if you're not, um, that's worth noting. Uh, it, or it's like it's like that's your thing. It is, I think, being safe around those you're being around, and that's a question you have to ask, think about yourself. I think it is wondering things about like, um, uh, how called do you feel to do this? How much of your of the is for you to do this so if you feel like this is really something you're supposed to do then i think who am i to argue with that then you should go do it the other thing i will say that i've talked to some people lately and it's just food for thought i'm not trying to dissuade anyone from doing anything uh based on like what others think because i largely you know it's 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 a push and pull I, I have a part of me that i love being liked i really really like nice comments they really fill me up i really don't like hurtful comments i really don't like when someone doesn't like me there that's a whole thing but there's another side of me that just gives no shits about anything like i just don't care like i just i will like i just i it's laughable to me so not, like someone will say something to me i'm like that's so dumb i'm not doing that um so but that being said I have met with some friends lately that are not vaccinated. Um, over the last, I'd say, two or three weeks, I've talked to a number of people that feel real pressure in, in, in their school that they should be vaccinated, that, um, you know, it's not public information either, but like their admin knows and they have they feel like their admin feels some type of way because they're not vaccinated. And then if they got COVID and, and they weren't vaccinated, now this is a thing and why weren't you vaccinated? There's, there's this social pressure sometimes that some teachers in certain districts and certain schools that are having to deal with that. And I thought that was interesting because I think because I'm vaccinated, I don't have to deal with that. Um, and, but I, I just think that that's worth thinking about, like, how would you handle that, that question or that, or that pushback on you? But if you feel like you're supposed to do it and this is the work you've been given to do, go get after it. All right, our next question comes from Zachary. I had a new student join my class this past week. I teach ninth grade science. The student is a ELL student, Swahili, mm -hmm. and does not seem to understand much. How can I best help this student? So this is a great question, man. Um, in my experience, um, new kids in general, right? Like it's January and you have a new kid coming into your to your class. It's like, Everybody else knows where they sit. They know how they get down. They know what teachers they like. They know where they don't like. They know where they can sit at lunch. Um, I think, and we'll get to the language piece, but like new students in general, I think just need a lot of 
law of attention and, and uh, creativity around them. So what I mean by that is like trying to think that creativity piece is like, how are we helping this kid to get to know other people? How are we helping them to find their place? Um, so when not dealing with a language barrier, that becomes the easiest part is like, and you could do this with the language barrier, but it's like me putting older guys, like cool dudes in charge of saying hi to kids that feel invisible or that are new or whatever. So like, yo, um, I used to do this with my boy Danzler all the time, or uh, Cephas was a master at this. Cephas, I would be like, if you remember, I used to make this show called Big Guy Little Car on Instagram and Cephas was on there with me. Cephas, I would say like, yo, look, there's a new kid, uh, Johan. I, he's like really shy. He doesn't really know anyone. He just caught to the school. And you have to finish. He's like, I got you rounds. I got you. And then he would like, invite them up to have lunch with us they he would say what's up in the hallway he would like help them with their lockers checking yo you good you know where you're going let me see your schedule let me talk to you about these teachers that you have and i'll tell you what what's up with them um it was that level of interest now look you can put older guys in charge or, or, or older students in charge that um i teach all boys so i always go just boys but um it is it is putting kids in charge of just saying what's up so someone went from invisible to visible so that's part of it. I think making your room a safe space to check in. Yo, today, um, come check in with me at the end of the day. I just want to just want to check in and see what's up, see how things are going. Your room then becomes a safe space where even if you're struggling because English isn't your first language, you have a place where that's not okay. I don't care about that. I'm just trying to make sure you're good, bro. And I want you to know that I care. And I care on a level that I'm going to check in with you, you know, whether it's every day or whether it's once a week. And we have a sit down and then it's not just school related. So where, where are you come, where are you from? What'd you do there? Why'd you move here? What, what, uh, what part of the neighborhood are you living in? Um, are you here with your whole family? Are you like, you know, like what, um, what's, what's hard about what's different about American school. So like those kind of conversations are now you're honoring where someone came from. And I, I had a student that came from Trinidad a few years ago and we would just talk about like a ton of stuff. Like what was his experience, right? Cause who else are they talking about this with? It's like, what is your experience with like corner stores in, in West Philadelphia? What is your experience with taking the train for the first time in your life? What is your experience with like, um, you know, like why don't you eat the school lunch? Cause it's so nasty. Cause where you came from was actually delicious. Like it was having all those kind of conversations. And then that student, that, that particular student for me, um, I just started taking them on trips. I started inviting, like, in, in introducing them to other people. And you'll see. They, they fall in really quickly. But I think that those are the little things that we can do to just show a kid that we care. We are, we are not just feeling care for someone. We are acting out care for someone. All right. Stephanie Shook is up next. Our principal wants us to call parents when kids are missing two assignments. This could happen in one class period. How do you balance teaching responsibility and hand-holding parents from elementary school to middle school? Um, gosh, I would never do that. Uh, I, I wouldn't make those phone calls. And I'll I tell you what, because... I've never had the teachers make those phone calls, even when Birdie was in middle school. It, it's, it's too much time for something that is like... So here's here's how I get around that. Like we're we're supposed to do something similar. Like I had I had someone the other day tell me. Um, so before break, 
we went virtual for two days and like 75% of my students didn't show up. So I said, hey, you know, when we were going back after break, we were virtual. We were virtual last week. We'll be virtual this week at least. The conversation became, uh, so I asked admin, I said, look, are th is there anything in place for like if kids are absent? Um, or if they don't show up to your class, like, are we checking in? Or is anyone checking attendance? Is anyone calling home? Is anyone doing whatever? The answer that I got was, oh, you should use that time in class to just call parents immediately to tell them to send their children to class. <laughs> so if 75%, even, even if not even seven, let's say five kids aren't there, right? You have a class of 30 and just five kids didn't show up. That is now five phone calls I have to make in the middle of trying to make this virtual or even if you're in class, you're trying to make something dynamic. You're trying to make it like this experience. You're trying to you're in the middle of like doing stuff. Now I got to stop and call and tell your mom to tell you to get on the Zoom call or come to school or whatever. Like that's just not even practical. Is it a good idea for someone to call home in that moment? Yes. Not for me. I'm in the middle. It's, that's like if if you're on stage performing at a show and you're like playing drums and someone's like yo someone's late to the show oh wait hold on guys we just pause the song real quick i'm just gonna make a phone call real quick because my girlfriend's not here yet i need to make sure that she okay so it's so silly so i would send home an email um and i've done this many times i send home an email um blind carbon copy to all the parents whose students are fit the bill right they haven't been to school they haven't done the work they're missing two assignments um that one email and even this takes too long sometimes but I, but i think it's doable hey if you're getting this email you're, it means your student has missed uh two or more assignments all of my grades so this is the other hard part is all and i tell them this all of my grades are every day up to date on power school and schoology so you can go on there to see what specific so what you're doing is getting in front of oh what assignments are they do they have late and what can they make up um they are missing uh, so like i tell parents like it just says missing if you can um depending this is this is one option if it just says missing or if it's incomplete you can still make it up if it says zero that thing can no longer be made up because i don't accept all late work all the time so um i used to accept no late work but COVID has kind of messed with that so it's sending home an email to you know 25 people instead of making like a phone call to every single one that's just too much if i was absolutely held to the phone call thing i forget what the number is you can just google it but there is like a star six something that you can put in the front of the phone number um that allows you to i i, I think this is a real thing now I'm, now i'm kind of questioning myself Wait, that mean? allows you to just jump to someone's voicemail and yes yes uh witter told me about it years ago and then you can just leave a voicemail real quick for parents. So you don't have to have, sit there and have the conversation because it's the conversation that like right, parents want to run rude, it down. Right. Yeah. And, but if you have five conversations right. with people and they're all 15 minutes long, you know what I mean? Like now you're an hour and 15 minutes into the world where it's like, yeah. this could be better used for other stuff. So that's, that's what I would do. Steph, it's, it's, it's not just not doing the things that we're being told. Let me make this clear. It is realizing when the ask is just doesn't make sense. It's just no, like, it's it's a silly idea it's not it's not a good idea so i still try to meet the need but i just go a different route that i think just works better and i do that a lot all right our next question comes from noah when will you get more bubble microphones <laughs> oh i wanted to order one but it's out of stock gosh noah these things are 
So, so hard to get. We, the <laughs> last time we ordered them, we ordered them from China. And no, I don't think we we did. We I did. Found That's them. where we got like a million of them, right? No, because you could still just order them. You have to order them in quantities of a hundred. So I ordered. Like I swore that website had like no, it was like not even I'm, all in English. We yeah, were like, are we I'm, really ordering these? That's where I'm trying to order them. That's the only place I can find them currently yeah. is like overseas, and you have to buy like a thousand yeah. of them, and I don't have anywhere to house a thousand of them. So we actually just sent an email to a manufacturer last week to um, see if we can have them made. Uh, so we would like, we'll, we will own the design and everything. So we're that's something on. that we're working on right now to try and get, cause, um, we love selling those and we sold a lot of them, which is they're really, fun. really fun to me because that means a lot of people are using this and they're transforming their classrooms and having these experiences with their students. So maybe we could just sell these bananas instead. No. All right. Sherry is asking, I'm thinking about moving schools. What qualities should I look for when searching for a new school? Oh my gosh, Sherry, I think that searching for a new school is like searching for a new house. When you bought your first house, um, or even your first apartment, right? Like you just cared that it was somewhere that was yours, that you could just live in it. You didn't care that the bathrooms weren't up to date. You didn't care that there weren't enough bedrooms potentially, or that your backyard was small, that your other, your neighbor's looked like Sanford and Son and it was like all kinds of garbage in their yard. You're like, ah, no, I don't care. Like I just put up a fence. Um, it, I think when we get to a place where like, um, we are like you are, you were somewhere now think about the things that you liked, the things that were important, the things that you didn't even think about before, but you found really important and that you love about your school and the things you wish were different. So for me, moving into a new school, it's like, for me, I would want to know that, like, I have my own room. I am not trading rooms. I am not running around. I am not switching classrooms and stuff. Someone tried to enter this conversation the other day and say that teachers, this is an actual meeting, I didn't tell you this, should teachers start moving around and students start staying still? And I know some schools do this. And I said, I won't do it. Like, I'm just not. I create my room as an experience and there's, and all of my stuff is in there. Like, yeah. no, I'm not doing that. Um, it, if that had happened earlier and they gave me like a real dope like cart that I could move around, that would be different. But um, I want to know that my leadership is like really about teachers like and students. That's it. It's not about politics. It's not about test scores. It's not about anything else. It's not about appeasing parents. It is literally what is best for the students and how can we support teachers, not manage them. I want leaders that lead, not leaders that manage. It is... Um, you know, how, how much, you know, not just autonomy, although I really like that, but it is how much freedom do I have and opportunity do I have that when I see the need in a child, can I actually do the things necessary to meet that need? Like, can our team work together? Uh, are we working together as a community, right? Like, or is it teachers are kind of off doing their own thing? Or is there this like family feel to what we're doing? Those are things that I would look at that are really important to me. But I think it's about identifying some of those pieces for you to think like, what what are my non-negotiables? So I know like I live in this house and I have a very small backyard. The next house I want, I want minimum three acres. Um, I, want, I want neighbors that are far enough that I can have an outdoor shower uh, and I don't end up on the internet. Um, I want to have uh, a basement that I can stand up in. I live in an old row home, so like I, I have to do this all the time in the basement. Um, things like that. I want an extra bedroom so that when my mother-in-law comes and stays, she can just stay 
uh, in the extra register. Like, things like that. It's like the same. It's the same move to me. All right. Our next question comes from Whitney. Any words of wisdom for those of us entering the MAT program? Classes start Thursday. Um. I don't. So one, here's what I'd like to ask. If anybody in the chat, anyone else that's on here has been through the MAT program, um, and if you have, what does that, like what, what would you give to that? Um, I think really, to be honest with you, it's like, whenever anyone enters any program, right? When you do, when folks do Teach for America, when they do, uh, they're getting their masters, they're getting, uh, they're doing like, uh, what is it? The, um, oh my gosh, I'm gonna forget what it's called. Like alternative cert kind of a thing, right? It is one, checking some of your assumptions at the door. I, and I, I'm guilty of this too, man. When I go to conferences and I hear people talk, sometimes I just think like, my head goes to like this narrative of like, I'm better than you or like, I already know how I do this or I don't need to grow or change. And that's so like, I li like, and I realize what that sounds like. And it it is what it is. But like, it's something I have to check myself on and go, no, let me go into this with an open mind. Let me just really take into what you're saying and, and see if I can implement some of these things or how I might be able to think about this or have it just shift a little bit some of the things I would do. I think any program is all about community. It's not about doing it yourself. It's about finding the people that are a part of whatever program you're doing that you can really band together with so that even when the program is done, so like alternate route teachers, like I often am telling them like be a part of something like whether it's our Facebook group um, or someone else's Facebook group or someone else's community where you're learning and, and growing together. And I think it's, again, it's designing a life with balance that when we're trying to do so many things, it's like you're spinning so many plates, you have to really have a sense of like, are the things that I'm doing actually important? Um, and then if they're not, and so I can make sure I'm doing all the things that are important, right? Like I'm, I'm not just eating out every night, I'm not just filling my body with junk food, and I'm not just like regulating my mood with wine, but it's like, what are the things that I'm doing that are actually gonna help me through the program that I'm going through to to like do the best that I can do and then get rid of everything else that's not doing that. I heard, I heard someone today, this was an interesting idea. They said, when you feel overwhelmed with life, what you should do is make a list of every single thing that is bothering you, That which I did recently, right? When I did my, you're rolling your eyes at me. Again. Yeah, yeah, I'm rolling But this is a good idea. Okay, here. I made a list of a uh, four page list of all the things that are draining energy from me. Then the thing that they said that I thought was interesting was cross out all the things you have no control over. That I like. Recompile your list. Because that is what I always tell you. I'm yes. like, you have no control over that. Yeah. Why are you even worried about that? I go, but then they go. said, <laughs> go work out mm -hmm. and then come back to your list and figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. I think you could also go take a nap. Um, I think you could do anything that gives energy or yeah, fuel, it's, whatever you do a reset, it's a shift, right? Yeah. Um, not Netflix and chill necessarily, not playing video games, but no, it's like, adds. yeah, it's, you want to change your physiology mm -hmm. and then come back to that list. And I thought it was that crossing things out that you have no control over that I thought was so fascinating. Yeah, I think that's a huge one. Yeah. Um, okay. Our next question comes from Emmy. 
Um, asking this spring, I will start student teaching. I am going to be an art teacher. However, because COVID, I haven't been in a classroom, so I feel like I'm missing out. Uh, all advice is welcomed. So, I mean, I think, you know, our, our art teacher, Miss Miller, um, her first year teaching at our school was virtual. And then you go back to school and the students are there and it's a much different scenario, right? It's like, and, and you're dealing with a lot more. You're dealing with kids that haven't been in school. You're dealing with kids that like, don't know. There's all this other stuff there. I, I think that it's so much about when teaching virtually, um, it's it's gotta be a creative endeavor, right? And as an art teacher, right? Like it's something that maybe you're uniquely uh, qualified for, but it's about like trying to figure out what are you going to, um, how are you going to teach kids what you need them to learn, right? So like if you're, whether you're in the classroom and it's COVID or you're virtual, um, I think it's, it's that outside of the box thinking of like, look, my students can't be within three feet of one another. How the hell are we supposed to do anything we usually do, right? Whether that's lay wherever you want while you're doing independent reading, whether that's, um, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I've really been thinking about, and this is something I'm going to do on Tuesday. I am completely reconfiguring my classroom. So my classroom has looked one way for years, right? Now it's going to turn this way. And this is going to be the front of my classroom. So that black wall in my classroom is not going to be the front of my classroom, but I'm doing that with students in mind. And so I think that it is really just I don't think it's getting worried about it. So sometimes I get overwhelmed by these things. Um, Tony Robbins would say that it's about dancing with the fear. It's about kind of smirking in the, in, in the midst of it and, and thinking like, well, how, what can we do? What can we do to make this fun? What if the, or, or my, one of my favorite questions, Emmy is, uh, what if this was easy, right? So thinking about any single situation that you're going through, what if this was easy? I don't think we go there and not that it's going to be easy, but I think that that starts a conversation in your head. It changes the soundtrack and you start thinking about possibilities instead of, uh, and you're on offense instead of just being on defense. And that's something that I love to do. Um, yeah. And I would try and find, look, I mean, to be honest, like our Facebook group is a really great place. You could go on there and literally just type in the, it's, you have to do this on desktop, but you can go in the top and uh, type in like a search and look up art teachers see, or, or, or um, electives or... Anything you want that to bring up yeah, a thread. Yeah, so I think probably or... music teachers are going through the same thing. Drama teachers are going through a lot of the same stuff. It's, it's finding your people online even that are going through the same exact thing and then creating like a cohort out of them so you can work through it together. All right, Whitney Rogers is up next as a two-parter. Uh, several schools are doing a massive hire for next school year. Jobs posted right before the holidays. I have mm. limited experience in the classroom, but I am starting the MAP program this week. Would you advise waiting for another year before applying or going for it? I will have finished 12 hours by the time fall classes start. Um, I, you know... Uh, I'm trying to think it, it, it's really, it's really the individual. So if you're, if you feel like you can handle 
the workload here here's what i think people underestimate is that like when you're in a program right you're going for because matt is thing is uh masters of masters of arts and teaching right so like if you're going to school to get your masters that's a lot of work on that front end right like you're already doing a lot of work teaching is an enormous amount of work so it's you know it's knowing that look i'm gonna tell you right now these teaching jobs are going nowhere like these they're the amount of people that I already know that for sure are leaving my school. So my, my, I, we just lost more people. I think we're at 17 for the year in a very small school. We have less than 500 students. I don't know how many teachers we have. I should find that out. I'm going to actually make a note. Um, we, cause I just want to know the percentage, uh, the, like the people I know that at the end of this year are 100% leaving is bonkers i mean it is like it is going to shift the culture of my school to something that is like you can't even recognize anymore like it won't like students that come back if they come back to visit won't know anyone and they won't recognize the school that they are a part of so i think that those jobs are really going to be there the real question is how much can you handle on your plate at any given time i know that it's really exciting to want to get into the classroom um, but maybe if you decide not to do that, I think it's about looking at things like, can you help as part of an after-school program? Can you tutor kids? Um, are there opportunities to lead some sort of small group or, or to volunteer and come in like as a, we have someone that comes in and just, um, floats around the classrooms. I don't even know if they get paid. I have no idea, but it's like, there's a teacher at my school and it's his wife just comes around and helps in like some of the Latin classes and some of the math classes. Uh, cause they really love that stuff. And then they have no responsibilities either. They're just doing fun stuff. What's up, baby? Is this back to uh, it's in look on the bookshelves next to my chair in the living room. Like it might be sitting on top of the books. Cause I was watching Brody play the Oculus last night. It's real, it's real life here, everybody. So that's what I would, that's on my thoughts are real quick on that. Okay. Um, oops, I lost my place. Brie O'Hearn is our next one. Oh, shoot, don't do it. Okay, here we go. Come on. Okay, yeah. we're starting. Right. Um, she's asking, we're starting argument essay. Seventh grade topic is social media valuable to society. I have some articles for close, for close reading to show both sides of the argument. Thoughts on showing the social dilemma? Uh, oh, I am not familiar with this. Yes, we are. What's that? Oh, oh you watched not. it. I watched it. Loved it. Uh, oh, really? It just sparked a lot of interesting thoughts. Like about... Was it inappropriate? Well, no, it's not inappropriate. I Radical. mean, it just, I don't think so. I don't have that good of a memory. I liked it. Right, I wanted so, you to watch it because I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> I, I would say this. I love... I, I think that's a fine idea then. Um, and the not-so-secret wife agrees. But it is... I think whenever watching movies with your class, it is... I think, and I'm not saying you would do this, right? Clearly, if, you know, like Seth Rogen says, or Seth Godin, rather, um, people like us do things like this, right? The people that are part of what we're doing here are not the people that are going to put on a movie, chill in the back, and, like, take a day off or a week off. Uh, that, you know, and I'm not saying that I've never done that. It's sometimes, like, when I'm sick and I'm like, bro, we are just watching a movie. We're going to pretend it's a lesson. Um but I'm very clear about that, right? I'm never like sneaky about it. It's like, no, listen, bro, I need a day. Okay. We're going to watch a show. We're going to answer some questions on it. And it's going to end the story because I'm not feeling it. But 
largely when we watch movies, and it's it's drives my students nuts in the beginning. I have the remote with me all the time. I sit with the students. We're watching it. I pause it. Yo, what do we think about that? Did everyone catch what just even happened there? Um, what does that make you think about? What can you connect this to? What would you do in that scenario? So you are literally putting a pause on the movie so that you can then have this conversation. Um, I think that that's better than just having uh, just comprehension questions or a writing assignment at the end. But it's like, and those things are fine too, but it's peppering throughout and noting like, yo, we got to talk about this right now. And then that also lets me get to a place where my students are not allowed to talk during movies, right? I get, we talk during movies all the time at home, but when you have 30 people in a class and everyone has like something to say, it's like you can't even follow what the hell's going on. So I think that's a great idea, but that's one of the ways that I do it is I literally have that. Now, another thing that I do, uh, this has changed a little bit because I don't use a projector anymore. When I had a projector, I had the projector thing in my hand too. Here's a fun tip, teachers. When the students start talking, to get them to stop talking, I don't pause the movie. I freeze the projector. So a single image is frozen, but the movie's still happening. And that drives kids crazy. <laughs> so it makes them stop. They'll be like, yo, shut up. Stop talking, man. Stop talking. All right, Reynolds, unfreeze it, unfreeze it, unfreeze it. And I need at least three seconds of silence. Three seconds is a long time when kids are waiting. Three seconds of silence. And then I hit the unfreeze button, and that's how we go with it. Now you're going to have to go back and watch Social uh, Dilemma. I think you watched it. I did. That's when you were watching a lot of, like, conspiracy theory kind of stuff, um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, on Netflix. I'm interested in stuff like that. I think that's, not not, I'm not saying that movie is, is conspiracy theory, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, that type you, of thing. uh... I like those truths. <laughs> you get deep into it sometimes. <laughs> okay, our next question comes from Kay over on uh, Facebook. She's asking, or they, I don't know if it's female or male. Anyway, question from your speeches and your book. I will assume that you definitely do not know what your mom wrote to your classmate mm. who she made the lunch for, so I won't ask that. I do wonder, how has that experience impacted how you interact with others at your own peer level as well as with your students? Um, great question. That is a great question. So what Kay's talking about, I won't give the whole story, but there, I had a, there was a bully in, in high school that um my mom ended up making lunch for and for some reason i gave him the lunch and she wrote him a note inside and then she also had a conversation with him in the hallway when she came up to the school one time and they ended up hugging and had like a talk and i don't know what the note was in the bag and i don't know what they talked about and then my mom passed away and i never found out um but but i know that that stopped i never got bullied again like not even remotely uh and so by that student tons of other people took his place but uh, <laughs> so how does that impact me i think largely you know it, it's one of the things i talk about when i give talks often is that um that everyone's battling going everyone's fighting something that you know nothing about everyone is battling through something that you know nothing about that you know, um, one of the hard things I think about social media is that it shows everyone's highlight reel and that everyone looks like they're just chilling all the time or that they have the greatest life ever and that your life in comparison sucks because you actually get sad sometimes and things don't work out and your lessons didn't go well and the principal keeps coming and observing you eight times in the school. You're not saying that happened to me this year, but it did. So um, it, it's like it that was such it's so interesting to me because it. It just showed me that 
sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes just caring for people, the response to, um, to, to someone crushing you is, uh, I think I used to listen, I read a book once when I was younger and I forget exactly where I got this from, but it said like the heel, something that I'm going to get this wrong, but maybe you get the gist of it. The heel that crushed the violet um, it destroyed the plant, but now the scent went on. It got stuck on the shoe that crushed it, right? So it's like mm. you you almost can't get away from that. So I think that that's part of it is that I recognize that like even when kids are behaving poorly, when I've when I've worked with people that were completely out of pocket or accusatory or just mean, it's remembering that they're coming from a place where that happened. Um, now, look, I've known a few people in my life that were just mean no matter what like like we've known like our kids have had friends where it's like the kid is mean right they're just mean you met their parents they're all awesome all their siblings are great you know they come from a great loving family but it's like you're just i don't know what happened you just turned out you got the mean gene or something like that that happens sometimes but i think by and large it's people come they they are created over time and so it's meeting that with uh, I think that helps you to take it less personal that like the kid that bullied me in high school um, clearly was going through something like I can see in retrospect that like, of course, they were struggling with something. And this is how they they released that anger or or how they made other people I'm gonna bring everyone else down with me. Um, so, yeah, that's that's part of it. That's a great question. Yeah. I feel like I could really think about that and give it even better answer. Just a few more questions. Sure. Okay. I'm here Science for you. Camp is asking, in Great a few picture. weeks, I will be leaving my school to teach in another district. How do you deal with the breakup of leaving what you built over the course of the past 18 weeks with your students? Uh, look, I, I think, you know, I used to want to, I would probably answer this so much differently a few years ago. I used to think like, and, and look, there, there's part of me that still does. Wanted to just be at a school forever right? Like for 30 years, you are part of the institution. Everyone knows your room and it never moves. Kids can come back. Teachers know where you are all the time. Like you are, you are part of the fabric of what creates this place. In recent years, I realized that, look, we got to go where the work takes us. I am not a settler. I am, uh, I'm a pioneer. And so that, you know, and, and that can be said for people that really struggle with the schools that they're at. Like if you don't like where you are, that it's not about just sticking it out all the time or staying there for the kids. I think you look at it as here's where I, uh, what is this? There was some weird, what was that weird show on Netflix about the lady that um, helped you like organize your house and she had people like folding oh, her shirts Marie weird. Kondo or something. Yeah. So one of the things that she said, and I only think I watched like one episode of that show. the very first one, that was it. They, she said like, when you're getting rid of something, so if you no longer need your uh, manipulative banana, um, you could, you, you hold it, you love say, it. you love it, thank it for its service, and then give it away, right? So I think that it's, you honor the time that you were there, you create a space where I would create a space where students could contact me going forward if they ever needed anything, um, I'm available and I would still help them and care for them. And then like blessing that place and then moving on to the next, there's always gonna be kids that you can that are gonna need help no matter what school you're at. So it's this idea of like staying in a certain school in a certain community with a certain you know population or whatever it is that's keeping you there. It's about knowing that the work you did, done, 
Now we're going to go like Mary Poppins. We're going to grab our umbrella and we're going to go on to the next thing because there are other people in the world that need help too. So I think some of that is about getting that around our head. But then for me, it's about giving kids a place to connect um, in the future if they need me. All right, our last question Do it. of the day is from Cairo. What are the most common topics that schools ask you to speak on? And have you seen a, a change because of the pandemic? Also, self-care is a big theme this year for all of us, but school admin and everything else going on seems to be working against that. Yeah, it really does. Uh, schools talk a lot about self-care, but they don't like create spaces and places for teachers to actually practice self-care. Um, I think because some self-care requires the admin to, like, if you're really going to care for your teachers and if you're really listening to your teachers on what they need, they need time and space to do the th their job, yeah. one, and they need ridiculous things like calling when two Simons are missing, you, you know, yeah. calling home for every parent. It's like, that requires then the admin to make real yeah. change, and that always seems so difficult for admin. Or, like, look at my school this week. So, like, this week, we have we have to all go in and get tested for covid on tuesday before we can return to the school um that has to happen between a certain time frame and then work that day for students is asynchronous then on friday afternoon so i had this idea that tuesday i was going to go in i'm going to like do all this thing i said i'm going to change my room around i got to spackle i got to paint i got to move things <clears throat> but i'm trying to create this great space for the remainder of the year so students opportunities and and their experience in my class is optimized we get an email late Friday that on Tuesday, now we have a PD from one to four uh, that's virtual. And it's like, why, why am I finding out about this now? But that's a common theme throughout my school year is that we find things out like less than 24 hours in advance quite often that there's a meeting or a PD or we're going to change something. And it's like, yo, I've already planned for this time. And so it's it is like but they'll you know have you get a donut on friday and you know what i mean and like a small cup of coffee and it's like oh that that's supposed to make up for it i think it's about making institutional change i think it's about creating spaces for teachers to just do the work that's already been given anyway that's a whole nother thing um the things that i've mostly talked about are one is this idea of teaching your class off right so what does that actually mean how can we use because look all of us are innately good at something, right? You have special knowledge or specific knowledge about a number of things in your life. Some stuff that you're just good at. You're just good at organizing. You're just good at connecting with young people. You're just good at making things relevant. You're just good at um, creating community and teams. And um, you're good at like helping kids uh, meet goals and, and whatever it is, whatever it is that you're good at in teaching. And I think that, quite often we focus too much on what we're not good at stop looking at what we are good at and so i think teaching your class off is about pouring gasoline on that fire of the things you're really really good at and then doing that right so i that's what i walk teachers through on how to do that and i've talked about i mean a ton a ton of other stuff over the years um it actually in the back of my book there's a whole list of like how to teach like a DJ um, and a number of other things that are like um, yeah, that are so topics. What's so the change, the change I, I has been, uh, I think it's real world, social, emotional care is the, one of the things I've been asked to speak about the most recently yeah. is like how, like I'm not a counselor. I've never gone to school for counseling. I've had some PDs. I've had some classes in college, but largely it's like the books that I've read, the things that work I've done on myself, but, and how am I taking that 
that knowledge and how am I creating real world social emotional care for students? So not just minimizing homework, not like not just the things that like the institution is going to change, which is important, right? Like having counselors, having safe spaces for students, um, having what, whatever it is that you're going to do. But it is like, so our school in uh, the wake of all the gun violence that has happened at 526 uh, gun deaths in, in Philadelphia, like uh, deaths as the result of gun violence have happened in Philadelphia in 2021, right? It was crazy. We have lost five or six students in the last 12 months to gun violence. So we had, we've had PDs on that. We've had, um, we've had people come in and speak to the students at assemblies. We've had assemblies outside where we all went out and like released balloons and said people's names of those that, that we've lost uh, in our school and beyond. That's all great. Like that's all useful. What I'm talking about is the day to day. What do you do after that? Anyone on here that has ever lost someone, you lost a parent, you lost a friend, you lost a child, someone that was close to you, you know that the onslaught of love is always there, right? Or should be there, but it's the day after the funeral. It's the week after everyone's food, you, you know, you ate all of it or, or, or like, you know, what do you do then in those dark nights? And I think that is helping teachers to create spaces and places for students to explore and express how they think, how they feel, and what they're going through, and it, allowing us to create spaces for teachers to do that as well. So it's like real-world tactics that you can Im implement immediately as a community and as an individual that are going to help your students not to just go through something, but to grow through something. So that's, that's the thing I've been asked to speak about the most. And I really love it because it's so important because you can't teach anyone. No one gives a crap about algebra. You know, if dad got locked up, if mom got sick, if the dog died, if your little brother gets more love than you do, like his birthday party was better. If we can't meet the students there and look, I realize that we didn't go to college for this, right? You went to college to teach, but it's part of the job, right? And, and, and it's, it's about teaching the whole child and not just teaching the content to the child. So that's it. Amen. That's it. I mean, there's plenty more. But... All right. Radical. Well, look, there's tons more. I really, really hit before we go, right? I really, really, this is so important to me. Um, we started putting on workshops in the beginning of the year uh, and they cost money. HMH is paying me to put on, so I'm just gonna put that right out there. They're paying me to put on a workshop that is now free. This is something we were already gonna do and charge folks to be a part of it because I gotta charge for my time, which I don't, but it's a whole thing for me. Um, it, it's my teacher heart. It's like, I don't like charging for things. Anyway, I'm gonna make this about me, I'm gonna make it about you. They paid me and we have created a workshop that is gonna be on January 22nd. It's on a Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is the prioritize the you in us, right? So it's, it is, this is social emotional care and how to thrive through the rest of the school year and not just like survive the rest of the school year. Um, I would love to get as many people to be a part of this as possible. So if you know a friend that you think could use it, if you know um, someone that's in college and they're, they want to become a teacher, if you know someone that's just a, they're, I don't know, they work at uh, construction and they want to become a teacher. What we're trying to do is create a space that is going to really help people that on that Saturday, we're going to teach things and go really, really deep. 
um, like Mr. Rogers says, uh, it is simple and deep is far better than wide and complex. Give you really practical, deep tips. They're going to help you to show up to school on Monday to do the greatest work you can do because they think that sometimes the school year, your life feels so overwhelming. And it's really not about meeting that with overwhelming, like, all right, I'm 600 pounds. I'm going to start going to the gym every day. I'm going to run five miles. I'm going to do It's like, no, it's just small shifts. It's little things you can do that make us feel so much better. And so that's what we're focusing on. How can we do this for you? How can you do this for your students? How can you do this for your colleagues? That is what we were talking about. So that is going to be on uh, January 22nd from 11.30 to 12.30, and that's it. Then you're out. Um, and I just think that it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. So, um, it's completely free. You can go to the link. Uh, do you have the link? Oh, oh I don't. Dude. So I'll, I will put the link, I will pin it in the comments under this video, but I think that it's just something we're trying to create to really love teachers, to show up in a real way and help them to be the teachers that they are called to be. So that's it gang. Um, we're out. There's no Eagles game tonight cause they were too busy getting destroyed last night by the Dallas Cowboys. So. We're going to go clean the house. Clean the house. Yeah. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. And remember um, that you're, you're worth it. And I hope that you have a really great week. And we will see you here next week, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Peace.